Welcome to episode 33 of the Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Today is a Fantasy Fishing Ed episode live stream. We will be covering the Santee Cooper Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing Picks. So hurry up and get those in, listen to the podcast, and enjoy the episode. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less at fantasy fishing. Uh, don't forget, you can save 15% off at omniafishing.com with the code RICHLINGREN15. Links in the podcast description and in the YouTube video description. Enjoy the episode. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, what's up, everybody? Going live on a Monday night, a rare Monday night stream. Uh, but the reason we're doing this is we're doing the Fantasy Fishing Edge episode for Santee Cooper. Uh, with the back-to-back-to-back uh, to back to back of the Elite Series, we don't really have time to wait till Wednesday night because the rosters lock Wednesday night, Thursday morning. So today, <clears throat> Monday October 5th is actually the first official practice day for the elite anglers uh, in Santee Cooper in South Carolina. So uh, instead of doing a video on Monday, like I normally would, uh, that video is done and ready to go. But uh, that video will come out Wednesday, and we're going to do the stream tonight. And we're going to focus on fans fishing, focus on Santee Cooper, and I might share some tackle I got here in this box and then any Random bass fishing questions that any of the viewers have or any picks questions or want to talk to any fancy fishing with any of the viewers live, that will be awesome too. <clears throat> so that's going to be the uh, the crux of the stream tonight. And uh, yeah, otherwise free form Monday. It's not our usual night. So we'll see how things go. I uh, see a few people coming in. So yeah, uh, the main thing, fancy fishing and uh, whatever else we want to talk about. And I know there's a few other streams going on right now. So but the main thing is we had to knock this out so we could get the episode out so people could get their fantasy fix and they could post the Bassmaster along with my article um, so everybody can be ready to get their picks in uh, for Santee Cooper. So that's what we're up to tonight. What's up, Old Snow Doors? How did, uh, how did Pelican treat you uh, and how did your tournament go? But while we're waiting, uh, as a reminder, if you guys haven't joined – my group on Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing, do so. It's called Beat Hellabass. Uh, Bass Utopia and Omnia Fishing have been giving out prizes to the winners uh, every single week. Um, gift cards, I think, mainly is what they're getting, and uh, maybe a hat or a shirt or something like that. <clears throat> so it's not too late. Even if you've missed a time or you haven't started, you can still sign up. You can still win uh, Bassmaster prizes. You can still win my group prizes. Um, and... Uh, so no reason not to finish out these last three events. Uh, and it's a, a great way to be more involved in following fancy fishing. <clears throat> um, glad it went well. How many teams were there? Uh, Gville was a little bumpy. I think I don't remember. I had like 900 and some points. So not great. And I think 
like 70 some percentile for the week uh gunnersville so not good i dropped like two percent <clears throat> overall so I went from like 95 percent down to 93 percent in the overall standings um welcher was my only good pick uh he obviously finished what fifth or top five or something like that so i felt good about that in my bucket b but my bucket a was buddy gross missed the cut um caleb summerall caleb kufal both missed the cut and uh, Cruz continued to ride uh, his bad year. So, yeah, just in my head, head, they sounded really good, but they didn't turn out. And uh, a lot of anglers did not do well in uh, Gunnersville. So I think there was a lot of up and a lot of down for people in fancy fishing. So let's see here. Um, yeah, that was – that's that one team kind of walked away with it there. Um, 14th at Gunnersville. That's nice. Hopefully you're in the tackle warehouse group. Maybe you get a prize. Um, <clears throat> how do you join a group? Uh, yeah, let me show you quick. We can, uh, pop that up. So you just go to your, no peeking ahead, go to, uh, set your team, go to groups and then go down and join or create group. <clears throat> and then you've got all these wonderful groups you can join. And the public ones, Beat Hellabass is right there. We've got 1,600 members. Um, so there, we're, we're in like the top 10 or so size groups. So you can join the Bass Utopia one as well. Um, so that's how you join a group in fantasy fishing. You just click on it. You wait for your internet to buffer, and then there should be a join group button, but because I'm in the group, it won't show that. So Toledo Rob is leading our group. Uh, I'm 306, so there's about 13, beating about 1,300 of you, and about 300 of you are beating me. So. That's the, what's going on here. Uh, nice. If I didn't switch Canterbury for Gross, I would have finished it overall. Oof, yeah, Canterbury actually ended up having a decent tournament compared to Gross. So <clears throat> that's a rough one, Ryan. Um, so, but now everybody's in Santee Cooper. They were all out there. I don't didn't see a whole lot on uh, social media, but I didn't spend a lot of time to see what the anglers were doing and, if they were showing pictures of gators or, or things like that. I did in doing some research for my article, I did look at some team tournaments um, that had some decent weights, looked like 20 some pounds uh, to win for some team tournaments. Um, they had a couple of BFLs last week or the weekend before back to back three fish tournaments. And I want to think it took 18 pounds one day and 16 pounds to win the other day. So a five and a half to six pound average to win for three fish. Uh, and uh, then to make a check, one day it was about three and a half pound average. The other day it was almost a four pound average. So I think extrapolating that, that I expect the weights to actually be a little better on Santa Cooper than they were on Gunnersville. Um, so I'm sure there'll still be, it won't be easy. I'm not saying because there was definitely people that didn't weigh limits. Um, and the three fish is not a five fish limit, things like that. But um I think it'll be a little better. So I think we'll get into the 70 pounds, maybe close to 80 
for overall winning weight. And I think it'll take a little more than 22 pounds or whatever to make the 50 cut or the 40 cut, the day three cut. So I expect it to be a little better, but I don't expect it to be amazing on Santee Cooper. Um, it'll be interesting to see that event because we have seen some like Toyota Series championships and big like team tournament championships, Fish Gunnersville in the fall. So I think a lot of us had kind of an idea what it was going to look like, but I don't think many of us have seen many results or watched any coverage from a Santee Cooper fall event. Um, likewise, Chickamauga coming up next. I think I got a, a much better feel for what's going to happen there than on um, Santee Cooper. And I think Fork will be good no matter what, because it Fork always kicks them out. So, yeah, that is a bummer, Solid Rock. So close, but uh, good derb. Nice, nice job picking your team. All right. What's going on here? I need to turn my banners on tonight. Um, make sure you guys hit the thumbs up. Appreciate that. Uh, I know there's a lot of things to do on Monday night. We got Monday night football. We got other streams. There's other things going on. The, the fact that if you guys want to hang out tonight, that's awesome. So what do you guys think? You want to talk fancy fishing or do you want to see what's in this box first? We can do either one. I'll let you guys decide. Um, we can either dive right into fancy fishing or we can open up and see what's in the, the, the order that I got in the mail. I did get my article submitted yesterday, but I only see Pete Robbins' article. So this will be kind of uh, my picks before you can even read them on Bassmaster.com. Um, <clears throat> All right, let's just do some fantasy picks then. So do both. All right. We'll do fantasy fishing first. We'll end with uh, the goodies in the box. We're going to do both. I just said which one you want to do first. Um, so for bucket E, I mean, obviously this is where a lot of people are struggling and people that aren't having their best year. So John Cruz definitely is still like a high percentage. He's uh, he, he's a semi-local. Virginia is not very far, so I'm guessing he's fished it. I could definitely see him doing well, flipping a D-bomb or fishing a spro little John crankbait around Cypress knees, things like that. Um, but for he just let me down at Gunnersville, so I can't bring myself to pick him. So I was kind of looking at the list, and I saw Harvey Horn. And uh, to me, he kind of jumped out. He's got an aluminum. Uh, I believe he runs an express aluminum boat. So And he won a Bassmaster Open on the Arkansas River. So he's from that area of the country where they do have a little bit of cypress uh, trees and things like that. And he clearly likes to fish shallow. So I think just those two things and having the right rig, uh, potentially to help, you know, Harvey Horn should be able to get around a little better in practice. He should be able to get around a little better in the tournament. Uh, you know, not worried about what he's doing to his boat as much as he can worry about his fishing. And it should fit his style. So I think from that perspective, knowing that all the anglers in Buckety aren't having their best year, that maybe this is kind of a, a bright spot and a, opportunity for Harvey Horn to shine a little bit this week. So he's a low percentage angler. And uh, so that's what with Harvey Horn. John Cruz is kind of my backup pick in my article. But uh, so Harvey Horn for bucket E at a pretty low percentage. So a little bit off the radar. I don't know if I've ever picked him before. Um, you guys have to wait. You didn't speak up earlier. So we're going to do picks and then we'll, we'll jump into the box. So, Love to hear you guys got in bucket E. So bucket D, I'm kind of torn between two anglers in bucket D. 
Um, one, Derek Hudnall, because he's from Louisiana, and the only place that's got more cypress trees than Sandy Cooper is Louisiana. Uh, so he should feel really at home. Uh, expect him to do well there. It should fit the style of fishing he likes. Not sure if he's ever been there, but I think you know he is not having as good a year as he did last year. Because uh, even with uh, DQ for a, a kind of a mistake on his part, practicing after the off limits on Hartwell, he still almost made the classic last year. This year, not quite as good. Uh, his northern swing didn't go quite as well as it did last year. Um, so for there, uh, he's kind of on my radar. The other guy that I'm really liking is Kyle Monty. <clears throat> he's from Florida. He really seems to like grass, shallow water. I was looking just through his results. You know, places like Eufaula did well. Gunnersville did well. Um, you know, southern, southeastern reservoirs in general, he just seems to do really well. It seems like he really struggled up in um, the northern swing. So now that he's kind of past that, had a decent term on Gunnersville, I think we're coming back into his comfort zone. So, uh, and he's a little higher than Hudnall in AOI. So I'm kind of leading Kyle Monty, but those are my two anglers I'm looking at for Bucket D. Yeah, Rob Dig, Rob Dig or Die in Bucket E. That could be good. Yeah, I mean he's he's a, a North Carolina angler, and I'm sure he has seen Santee Cooper in the different seasons. So that's probably a decent pick. And I feel like he's the kind of guy. I mean, I think I've seen him on some some shows that he he prefers to fish shallow. So it probably fits into his. That's probably not a bad pick, uh, Ryan. <clears throat> Yeah, Summerall could be good, too, uh, for this, many of the same reasons that I'm talking about. Hudnall, uh, Summerall could be a really good pick as well. He just uh, he burned me last week on Gunnersville, so I'm a little off the Summerall train, but uh, that definitely could be good. So that's my bucket D. Um, so, yeah, I think right now we're talking uh, Harvey Horn, Kyle Monty, and then moving into C <clears> – <throat> I think John Cox is like the most obvious pick to look at for bucket C. <clears throat> um, and I, I don't think you can go wrong with picking him. He's definitely got the aluminum rig to fish free and comfortable. And I think there are places in Santee Cooper, he can get away from the crowds and, and that where that boat could really serve him. Well, um, he does well in Southeast fisheries. Southeastern fisheries pretty well, although he didn't do well in Gunnersville. So this is probably another thing where uh, he did not do well at Gunnersville. So I'm kind of like, but I think he'd be a good pick and he's high percentage pick. So if you're looking for something safe, I think John Cox is good. Although I think he buzzed off the mullet. So um, I don't know how that is going to affect his performance. If uh, the mulletness lifts, the lack of a mullet is going to, flip the switch for him or is it going to, to keep his mojo? Um, so that he's never picked. So Kraut Ryan says he took Swindle. Yeah. I think Swindle back in the day used to fish those, I don't know what they call Jerry Ryan team tournaments or something like that. So I'm sure he's been on, uh, on Sandy Cooper quite a bit. He's never done really great in any of the Bassmaster opens and elites there. Um, all right. So Ryan says Prince has a second there in October. Interesting. Okay. Um, so for me though, I'm going to go, I'm a little off the wall. I'm going to take, uh, Ed, um, I don't know, Lofren, Lofren, <laughs> uh, 
the third, the barrister, the lawyer um, from Virginia. Uh, I know he's got a little experience there. And uh, I know he really is hungry. And I think, I don't know, a little bit of flyer, low percentage guy in Angler C with a little bit of experience, something to prove. He's having a decent year. He's obviously wants to have a better year than he's having. Um, so that's just a little bit of a flyer. Like, I feel like we're far enough into the season with only a few tournaments yet, hovering in that low 90 percentile. I need to have a really good tournament. So I'm kind of maybe taking a little more risk than I would have early in the season. Um, so yeah, Ed Lofren the third or Lauren Lofren, and uh, we'll see if uh, that pays off for him. And he uh, has a good event on Santee Cooper. So that's a bit of a risk. There's definitely some other picks in bucket C that can be good. Prince was definitely something that I looked at. Um, but evidently I went that way. So bucket B, um, this is where, because I took so many risky picks on the kind of the bottom three pickets, all of them are like 2% or less, at least until this podcast comes out, um, that, uh, I'm definitely going chalky, chalk, chalk, chalk with Patrick Walters and bucket B, although his tournament record doesn't look amazing on, uh, Santee Cooper. He has done decent there, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that Walters train, um, and then uh, my backup pick there would be Shryock. So I feel like I haven't heard much from Shryock Hunter. He's had a quiet year, and I think uh, this should fit his style. Uh, he likes to frog, he likes to flip, he likes to fish for shallow largemouth. Um, it could be good for him. Yeah, Solid Rockador says Palmer coming off a huge event at Gunnersville. Go to the buzzbait. Yeah, buzzbait, spinnerbait. Definitely would fit his Oklahoma roots quite well uh, in Santee Cooper. So I don't think that's a bad pick at all. I think that's uh, that's a decent pick for sure. <clears throat> so, yeah, and I guess what we're talking about, if you guys are looking to get some tackle, um, check out omniafishing.com uh, and use the code richlinger 15 You guys can save 15% off. So I know talk to you guys by a tackle. Um, and you know, 15% off is 15% off free shipping. Give them a try. They do some good things there and they got a lot of good stuff. So, um, yeah, Ryan says he went to Cobb and they switched to Otten. So I did some research on a lot of those South Carolina anglers and looked at their FLW profiles and things like that. And it really appears to me there are two types of South Carolina anglers, the people that like Santa Cooper and the people that avoid Santa Cooper and, uh, Cobb. And some of those, like Matt Airy, Cobb, uh, a few others, really seem like they avoid. Like, they love to fish Hartwell. They like to fish Wiley. They like to fish, you know, go down to North Carolina to fish Norman and things like that. Um, so, and I feel like Cobb is in that boat. <clears throat> um, not saying he can't do well there, but I don't see him having a ton of experience. And uh, kind of like I think Davey Hype was saying this on live coverage. Like, you know, he lives about the same distance from Hartwell and Santee Cooper, and so does Cobb. And Cobb's the kind of guy that likes to go fish Hartwell, and Davey Height was the kind of guy that likes to go fish Santee Cooper. So it kind of depends on your style, what kind of lake you like to fish, maybe how you grew up, what you got used to, where you had success early. And uh, so be careful about just picking a local. Todd Otten, a lot of experience in Bassmaster Opens and things like that on Santee Cooper. For some reason, a lot of not great finishes, but when you think about Tata and you think about like spinnerbait, buzzbait, chatterbait, you'd think he'd be really good there, but for some reason it doesn't seem like it's clicked for him there. 
So maybe in this smaller field, uh, he'll do well. I mean, I would not be surprised to see Todd Otten have a good tournament, uh, but his track record kind of scared me off. I mean, I definitely wouldn't uh, say anything bad about anybody picking him. Um, but yeah, for me, that's kind of scared me away from Todd Otten uh, in bucket B. Who is my backup pick in bucket B? Uh, oh yeah, Hunter Shryock. So, <clears throat> so yeah, that's bucket B. Um, so bucket A, I cannot leave my guy. I feel like Kyle Welcher has just been too good this year. Like he survived, got through the Northern Swing, held his own, didn't do great. But now, like this Gunnersville, Chickamauga, Santee Cooper, I feel like is right in his wheelhouse, fishing in the southeast. Um, I just – I think he's at home. Like he, he took a top 10 there in a, an open or a Toyota series there uh, in the spring in like April. Um, but he likes to flip. He likes to frog. He likes to cover water. I think he'll be very at home, and I think he'll do well. <clears throat> I think uh, he's going to be super dangerous this fall. He's not a guy that spends time – hunting he fishes all year round and i think his run and gun style will serve him well uh, it doesn't matter if we're talking about chickamauga gunnersville uh or sandy cooper <clears throat> so i'm going welcher um i think clark wetland's also an interesting pick there uh your aoi leader um he's he's very seasoned he's having a good year he's fishing smart i think he's going to figure out a way to catch you a fair decent amount of points in bucket A. So if you want a safe pick, go there. I think Canterbury could be really good here. Um, there's a handful of anglers. Obviously in bucket A, there's a lot of good anglers, but I think I tend to like those Southern guys. Um, you know, a Morgan Thaler, a Wentland, an Airy, um, Drew Cook, those type of guys. Canterbury, I think, are poised to do really well on bucket A. I'd love to see Seth do well, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah, that's my lineup. I've got them in at, uh, 74 pounds, three ounces. Uh, so about what I put Gunnersville at, but I feel like because Gunnersville underperformance is about 65 pounds, this will be a little better than that. Um, so you said t riding Kyle till Texas. Yeah, I think so. And if he keeps catching them, I, I might take him on Lake Fork too. We'll see. Um, I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, there could be a fall frog bite on Gunnersville for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with Canterbury. Uh, I don't think he's done making a push yet. I think he could still push um, Wetland for that AOI. So it'll be really interesting to see how this thing finishes up. Because fishing in the fall, definitely there's opportunity for somebody to stumble and have a bad tournament, 100%. So what do you guys have for winning weights? What do you guys think uh, Santee Cooper is going to take? So hopefully we can jack this 93% up a little bit. We're about 2,500 overall in the season. And uh, looking to uh, make a move here with uh, three tournaments left. Let's go back to the uh, big head hell of ass. What's up, Shadow? Good to see you. Thanks for joining. So that was Fantasy Picks. If anybody's got any questions, we can answer those on Fantasy Fishing or anything else. Otherwise, I might dig into the box. I did pick up some other goodies from the Fleet Farm. They have these in the discount bin. Uh, in case I make a trip up to Mille Lacs, I've got some of these uh, kind of shad-colored 
Max Ten Generals. And they did not have flat ones, but they had flat nose minnows. So picked a couple of these. They were on clearance. So hopefully I get a chance to go up to the big pond and jack on some smallies this fall yet. Hopefully they're biting football jigs and I don't have to drop shot. But just in case, I've got a couple. Nice. Do I think did I think Kyle had a chance at Gunnersville? Yeah. He definitely was. I mean, he was like one big bite away, honestly. Like he catches a six pounder on day two, three, or four, and uh, he's right there. So um jump 330 old 90%. That's nice. You, you got a chance for the big prize, Ryan. So keep it up, man. Uh fighter number one. Sure. Would love to see Hyder do well. Um, am I going to be on B-Tail on Thursday? I haven't thought about it. I definitely – I really enjoyed kind of that open show where we kind of just talked about topics and we all kind of got to talk quite a bit. The uh, the watch parties are fun too, but it'll kind of depend on my work schedule. Um, and I kind of feel like there was now more and more people jumping in on those watch parties and there was like five or six of us that – Maybe I'll just let somebody else jump in. Uh, I'll just hang out in the comments with you guys. So we'll see. We've kind of been on work, kind of see what's going on. Um, it's kind of the Mark Menendez show when uh, when he comes on for the watch parties. It's still fun. Um, I'll definitely be watching probably either way, but I'm not sure if I'm going to jump on. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do enjoy them, though. I definitely would love to do another one of those, like, viewer shows, like when we had those the four of us on with Mark and we'd love to do it with Panger for sure. I think that'd be a lot of fun. So made a little order, had some, uh, few things to get. So let's look in the box. We're not infringing on the bait man. So, all right. So actually one of the reasons I made this order is, uh, My DT Wilga Wart Rapala box took a, a gainer off the top shelf onto the concrete floor, cracked it. So I ordered a replacement box. Same one. I kind of really like this. It's the Plano Custom Divider Series, and it just has like an infinite number of little slots. So you can really customize each little slot. And it's been pretty strong and sturdy. These latches have been really durable for me. So it had worked for holding all these until it fell 10 feet to its death. So that was one of the main reasons uh, I needed a new box to get that replaced. So, But when you go online, you don't just buy one thing. So we'll be repacking that. And uh, what else do we get? Not a ton of exciting stuff. There's a few things in here. This is not a big order. This was kind of a small little order. So one of the things I picked up was this uh, – New Kalen's frog called the Lily Stalker. And I saw it on Caleb Kufal's Facebook. Um, and it looked pretty good. Rattling Google Eye Frog. It's got glass rattles in the eyes. Um, it's got a keel system, it says. And it looks pretty good. So I just thought, yeah, I'll try one out. Um, So look at this frog. I'll answer a few of your guys' questions. Let's pull this out. It's kind of a nice size. I'll definitely trim these legs up a little bit. You can hear that. So that these these eyes, it's actually a rattle chamber that goes through it. 
you can kind of, I don't know if you can't see it, but I can actually see the light through the eyes. And so when you, when you walk it, it should make a nice, and then the rattle's up here, so it's nowhere near your hooks, which I kind of like. So no worries about a rattle getting stuck here and preventing a hookup. It's pretty darn soft, not going to lie. That feels pretty good. And it's got some really nice, I don't know if you can see that, the hooks are really molded in, so they're like, you can't even catch your finger on it, but once you squeeze it down, they come completely exposed. So I kind of like that. Um, I don't know if that keel on there is a gimmick or not, but um, I don't know. It looks pretty good. It's got a nice little eye on it. Be interesting to see how this nose and how that all holds up. Um, yeah, it's a pretty good size. I don't know if I have any other frogs out to compare it to. That frog box is probably sitting underneath you guys, but comparing it to a, a Booyah Pad Crasher, it's a little narrower, about the same length as a Booyah. Here's kind of a little bigger um, Evolve Nervous Walker, which is kind of like one of the bigger live targets. Overall, though, I think it was like eight bucks. So it's a decent looking frog. I might tie this on this weekend and, and give it a whirl. I got a little tournament this Saturday. So, um, yeah, see how it skips, see how it walks, trim those skirts up, maybe about like that. And, uh, I don't know, yeah, it's worth a shot. Looking for a new frog that doesn't cost uh, 13 14 15 bucks. This one might be worth a trial. Uh, half ounce, two and a half inches. Looks pretty good. Definitely worth uh, a cast or two. Let's see some of the questions here while I was talking about that black frog. Bill Gibson, Dobbins Champion 733 or 744 for 8th ounce to quarter ounce Texas rigs. Mm. That's definitely a personal preference. <clears throat> um, I definitely like a baby brush hog, 316s, quarter ounce, 3 eighths ounce. I like my 744 for that, but a 733 would definitely work. I think it really would come down to personal preference on that. Depends on what kind of line you're using. Like if I would say if you're using 10 to 14 pound line, I'd go 733. If you're more of a 12 to 17 pound kind of guy for that kind of line, I'd probably go 744 if that makes sense. Connor says 744. All right, Landon says falls confusing. Went to Crystal and caught a ton of bass and pike and one muskie like a few days later, drops nine degrees, not a single bite for four hours. That can happen in the fall. I know my buddy Bill, they had their club tournament down in a southern Minnesota lake that's known for giants. Uh, and uh, they had 34 guys and only 13 of them caught a fish. And he caught one 3.77 pounder and he took fifth overall and got big bass. And that lake typically kicks out like five to seven pounders. <clears throat> so fall can be super tricky. <clears throat> Just stick with it, Landon. Um, you scored an auto chart for 120 bucks. Nice job. Bill says I have a <clears throat> 740 for eight pounds. Yeah. So if you, if you like to go down lower, probably that 733. <clears throat> I usually start at like three sixteenths or a quarter. <clears throat> yeah so um have you used any of the six cents rugs i have not have not uh got any of those yet have you tried them koi 
and are you here to steal my fantasy picks? Uh, the tourney is on East West Rush. It's the Arsenal Fall Brawl. Yeah, Topon Floral, I'd go 733. Have I ever tried the Vicious Floor Carbon? I have. Um, I actually got some on the shelf right over there. That's some old stuff. Uh, pretty strong, vicious. Not at least the stuff I had, which was several years ago now, wasn't very supple and castable, but um, pretty strong. Late to the party, you think it'll be better at Santa Cooper than Gunnersville? Yes, I do, Coy. I do think I was looking at some of those BFL results and things like that. I don't think it's going to be like way better, but I think they will get in that 70 to 80 pound range to win. I think we'll see more limits. Um, I also think Santa Cooper's probably only a 14 inch minimum, 12 or 14 inch. So that's going to help. They don't have 15 inch minimum. So we're going to see more fish, more fish weighed. Um, so I do think it'll be better. And I just saw like those three fish BFLs and things like that. It just seemed like more people in the field did better. So I think it, we're going to see a slight uptick in catches. And I think we'll see more bigs. Like I think we'll see some seven, eight pounders at Santee Cooper. Cause I think the big one, uh, there was one eight by Chris Zeldane. I think Bob Downey had a seven and a quarter. I think we'll see a few more seven to eight, maybe a nine pounder at, at Santee Cooper. Best floral bang for the buck. So for my reaction baits, I think uh, Red Seagar uh, Red Label and Sunline Assassin are both really good economical fluorocarbon. And you can use them for everything, but for like my jigs, my Texas rigs, things where I'm really like slamming the hook hard, I do jump up to like Seagar uh, and Visix or Sunline Sniper for that. But for crankbaits, for chatterbaits, spinnerbaits, Crankbaits, things like that. I'm definitely uh, Red Label and Assassin. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So you, I think they're a pop. The new Vega is a popping frog, um, which this one here is a, a walking frog. But if you're a big frog guy, Koi, I would, I'm not sponsored. I just bought this on a whim because I saw uh, Caleb Kufal talking about it. And I'm, I, I like it. I mean, like likes the looks of it. I definitely would give it a whirl. And that's just Caleb, Kalen's. Uh, Lily Stalker. So, worth a shot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, how is it that we got our things in and Pete's the only one got his uh, article posted so far, Coy? That's what I want to know. What's up, Michael? Uh, yeah, I agree. Red Label is good. Invisix is really good. When do the pigs go shallow in the fall? It should be now. Honestly, October 1st is a good indicator in my book. I've last week of September, first week of October, first week of October has always been really good for me uh, in the fall. So I haven't been out since the last week in September up on Leech. And they're always shallow up there, but that bite wasn't as good as I thought. Um, and I haven't been around here, but uh, I'm going all in on that shallow bite on Saturday. So. <laughs> Uh, feast or famine, I'm, I'll be going for it. Yeah, I think so too. It looks like a decent frog. Big fish will push bait in the middle of deeper coves. Yeah. The only thing here is that we don't have a lot of what, like bait. Like we don't have a lot of shad and and hitch and the type of baits in our natural lake where they really push them like that. Uh, so it's a little different here. <clears throat> How do I fish the shallow bite? 
I would say it's uh, a jig around anything that I can pitch. Docks, laydowns, uh, trees, pad stems, things like that. Uh, weed clumps, and then cover water with a chatterbait and a buzzbait. And if it feels right, mix in a frog. <clears throat> How many miles do I have on my truck? So I got a, a SUV. I got a Trailblazer. And it's got 197 or 198,000 miles on it. I'm actually thinking about <laughs> upgrading before I drive down to Pickwick in November. So uh, I don't know if this Trailblazer's got one more trip to the southeast in it pulling a bass boat or not. So I, I might uh, look to upgrade that and get something Slightly newer, a little less used, a little less worn out here shortly. <clears throat> That's a very good point. <clears throat> See, Pete probably has like direct contact, whoever posts our articles, and ours are probably still sitting in Ronnie Moore's inbox. So that's why ours aren't up yet. <clears throat> All right, so what else was in the box? So speaking of chatterbaits, I saw these. So these are queen tackle switchblades. And supposedly there's like a little clevis system on here where you can make any jig into a chatterbait. So I think I got one pack of black and one pack of silver. I have not tried these, but I thought they looked kind of nifty. Um. So, can't quite tell how. Oh, so are these like. Looks like you have to straighten out one of these and pull it out. <laughs> but somehow you release that little bar on this blade and then you feed it through the eye of your hook. It probably has instructions. So. Basically, it says loosen the flaps, take one end of the wire out, feed it through, and then crimp it back in. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Project Z, the Custom, but I just thought it would be interesting to be able to play around with this and just see about making something. Maybe I can find a jig, see how easy this would be. It's not that hard to straighten it out. I'm doing it with my thumbnail. Oh, a guy like me should have a jig handier than this. In the old boat compartment. So I think the, the nice thing about this is like this could be something where you could, in a pinch, make a weedless chatterbait, go with a heavy one. Like maybe you don't stock like a hundred different types of chatterbaits. So if I open this up. And then I swing out this arm. The only question would be, like, if I was down south or out west catching jaints, would this hold up, <laughs> this connection? So let's see here. Ugh, come on. Plus, you can make, like, you turn, you take a regular jig and make it into a weedless chatterbait around brush or things like that, maybe. All right, we got one arm out. Now we got to put this back in here. Okay. 
Now we're caught on the clevis. Pets' heads are falling off. All right, got it back in there. Bend this back down. I mean, it seems kind of strong. I guess now that I'm pulling on it this way, it really shouldn't pull against those clips. It should pull into it. Oh, there. So I just put it on a Bass Tech 3 8 ounce jig. Now I got maybe a brush ready. I don't know. Could be worth a shot. Huge school of gills, and yeah, I suppose they're up. On, it's weird. Crystal Lake, they do that a lot. They get up on the surface where you can see them. And sometimes you catch bass around them, sometimes you don't. Uh, I think a lot of times that's the musky pushing those bluegills like that. But do you think the patent is when the patent's up on the chat, there'll be a garage built five jigs that are just as good or better? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long that lasts or. We should ask Pete last week. He probably, I wonder if he knows anything about patent law, but uh, not sure. I'm sure, I mean, they have fought that for a long time, so it'd be interesting to see. Um, it's kind of interesting because, like, I think they can get around this because it's kind of an assemble your own uh, deal and it's not sold that way. But, but I do think there is the opportunity to make some really good chatterbaits out there. If you can do a direct connect, that is the big deal uh, for most plated jigs being good. So um, I do think that once the patents are up or when Z-Man's tired of fighting people off, that uh, you'll get high-quality bladed jigs just like you can get high-quality spinnerbaits just about anywhere. <laughs> so that's that. So i got a couple packs of those. And then the other thing that I picked up is some of these – Fuji keepers just because those blades look nice, but at $2 plus a jig, I'll just stick to the custom. Yeah. Well, yeah, something to play around with. Give it a shot. If you ever want to, I think it'd be just nice to have a few on hand. I don't know if that's my everyday thing, but you put a couple of those in your tackle box, then if you run out of a color or you want a super heavy one, you want to put it on a three-quarter or one-ounce football jig. And so instead of stocking a bunch of like super heavy chatterbaits you may only use once in a while, you could make like a slow-rolling structure chatterbait really easily. Or if you wanted a super light one or if you wanted to have a real oddball color, you just slap it on a jig versus trying to stock 50 different chatterbaits. So that could be the one option. Uh, I think it'd be nice to have that to be able to convert a jig into a chatterbait every now and then. I'm definitely day in and day out still going to throw Z-Man Customs and Z-Man uh, chatterbaits. So these are like little hook keepers that go around your rod. So a lot of my spinning rods, I feel like with a drop shot, I never have exactly where I want the um the keepers for holding drop shots and things like that so um i bought those maybe i'll grab a spinning rod super quick be right back <clears throat> Thank you. 
We're back. So, all right. So, probably may not work great on this rod. This is actually not a good example because I probably want to grab one of my rods with the exposed blank. This probably won't work as well. But if I had my split grip model, but this is kind of shows the issue that I'm having with some of my rods is that especially with a drop shot, there's not always a keeper exactly where I would want it. Right. So if I hook my weight up here, right, then sometimes this hook is now getting caught in my rod sleeve um, or it depends on the style of the hook keepers and whatnot. But, but these little guys are supposed to, Just go on your run. Should I look in the instructions? Those are two loops. Am I missing something here? <laughs> I don't know why there's two loops on here. Oh, for different size rods, I guess. So depending on the size, maybe that would go around my cork. Let's see here. The dainty little guys. That's definitely not going around there. Probably not the best thing to do the first time on a stream ever, because this is kind of, I suppose they kind of need to be tight so they stay on. And I did thread my line through there, which was nice. <laughs> All right. So you can just attach them um, on there. I think you can put them on there a couple different ways. I think I actually want it the other way, and then I could trap my weight under there. I'll try that here. This is great listening information. Did I cut my hat? Yes, I did cut my hat. I should film a video with Wired to Fish. I'd be happy to if they wanted me to. Um, did you cut your hat? Yes, I did. And have I ever fished a Kalen's grub? I have. It's just been a while. Definitely used to use Kalen grubs a lot. I feel like Kytex and Menace grubs have kind of taken that spot in my inventory for smallies more than just a regular glove grub. But they definitely still work. Um, all right, so there. I had this on a through blank, but now I could choose. So this has a loop-style keeper on it, but now I could take my drop shot weight and tighten it under there now and hold my weight that way. So it just gives me a little more flexibility depending on the keeper style on my rod or if I want to add a second keeper um, for keeping baits and things like that locked on there. So plus it comes in cool colors so I can match my Dobbins Extreme with this little orange button. And I've got a blue one for my champions. 
and I've got a black one that'll probably go on my Fury, and I've got a red one which will probably go on a Savvy or a Caden. So, um, I don't know. Just thought I wanted to have a little more flexibility with how I position my drop shot and keepers on my spinning rods. So that was the purpose of that little investment. So bought a couple of those to try. I don't know if they're going to hold up, how long they'll last, but that is the idea behind these little keepers. And I got four of them. So that is exactly why I don't want my drop shot hook up there because it just got caught on my rod glove. So I still probably need to get a Velcro strap for my full handle version of my 742. What I need is a split grip 742 so I can put that thing down there. What I probably could do is just now maybe just clip my weight in here. Maybe it would dangle around a little less like that. Nope, terrible idea. The hat is magic, Shadow. That is true. Do I like the Tula CT? Yeah, I have a couple of them. They've been pretty good. Um, yeah. No complaints about any of the Tutulas, the SCT or the SV. Got one of my other spinner poles out. Barry. Because we went to leech and no spinning rods were harmed in the filming. So, yeah, so this is the kind of style I was thinking about with the split grip and uh, putting an extra keeper down there to give them myself a little more flexibility. On my rods. There you go. Put that down on the bottom of my split grip. <clears throat> Just give me another version. You know, sometimes these break off. Sometimes they're not the style you want. You can just add these little Fuji things on there. Color coordinate them. Gives you another option for hook keeper or a second keeper for a drop shot. That's the view of the coin I get. Sure. Have I ever used an SLX? I do have one SLX bait caster. Um, I liked it quite a bit. I actually wore my first one out the first season, <clears throat> sent it in. They fixed it, got it back, still use it. So I think it's a great reel for $99. That's true. You can put the hook in the plastic tip, uh, but sometimes I'm wacky rigging and things like that. So sometimes I can't always just nose hook the plastic, but that is a good point, Charles. So other than that, t-shirt and a sticker. I didn't order a whole lot. So not the most exciting uh, order from a tackle shop ever in the world. But that's what we got. We covered our fancy picks. Put that frog in my box. Uh, who'd I have in bucket B? We can definitely just jump over and recap real quick who I picked. 
So we picked Welcher, Walters, Barrister, Kyle Monty, and Harvey Horn. So that's my, my lineup. 74 pounds, three ounces. Um, so that's my fantasy picks. Um, if you want to hear all the reasoning behind it, Michael, you're going to have to go back and watch the replay or listening to the podcast version, which I'll put out tomorrow. So we can answer a few more questions if anybody has them. We're not going to have a real long stream tonight. Um, I'll have a new video out Wednesday for day two from Leech Tournament. Um, if you missed part of this, you can watch the replay tomorrow or right after we're done. I'll also post a link in the comments and in the description of the video to a podcast version of this if you'd rather listen to it in your earbuds while you're walking or driving or anything like that. So um, appreciate you all tuning in uh, to this Fantasy Fishing Edge podcast episode uh, live on a weird Monday night. Um, so watch for our video on Monday. Uh, thanks for all your guys' support. I appreciate you guys tuning in. appreciate you guys subscribing, uh, liking, hitting that thumbs up. helps me out a ton. So we can bring you more content. So as always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less at fantasy fishing. Good night, all. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less.